0: Hi, this is Billy D. Cascade Hoops Talk. Join us on Twitter, Cascade Hoop Talk. Facebook, Cascade Hoop Talk. I hope you enjoy our conference review. We're going to start in just 30 seconds. Cascade Hoop Talk. Billy D. Join us on Twitter, Cascade Hoops Talk. We're here with Steve Linsmeyer. We're going to talk some G Pack basketball today. Steve, you've been on the show before. We've spent a little bit while uh, you cover sports there in North Dakota. Why don't you uh, tell the folks who you work for and who you cover?
1: Well, first off, Bill, thanks for having me back. Uh, I always appreciate the opportunity to talk some GPAC hoops. And um, I cover the University of Jamestown basketball teams um, as the uh, as the voice. So I'm there for most games on the radio. And uh, I've a, I cover high school team in, in Jamestown as well. So I stay quite busy this time of year. I'm actually uh, in Fargo right now at the uh, state volleyball tournament. Uh, our high school team's in the state tournament. So that's where uh, I'm doing this interview from today. So it keeps me quite busy this time of year.
0: Well, I appreciate you taking the time. Sounds like you got a busy schedule. You know, right now, when volleyball, the end of soccer, the end of football, everything converges right now, as soon as those sports wrap up, then, you know, we can all focus on basketball, which will clean up my twitter feed at least so we'll... hey,
1: exactly and, and i've got a couple of weeks yet until i can really start to dive into uh into basketball because i'll be with the uh, the jimmy volleyball team down at the national tournament the first week of december so basketball won't really heat up for me here for a couple of weeks yet but i've had a chance to take in a couple of these games and been following it from a distance for sure
0: well great so what we're going to do today we're going to uh, go through the conference what we're going to do is break it down. Uh, The order we've selected is to first go through the ranked teams in order, and then we're going to go through the remainder of the teams uh, based on season winning percentages. So if you're wondering why we're going in the order we're going, that's why. That means we're going to start with Morningside. Now, good news, we were able to catch up with uh, a few of the coaches, three of them. So Jim Sykes was uh, nice enough to let us catch up with him yesterday. Why don't we just play his interview first? We have Coach Jim Sykes, uh, Morningside. They're 6-0, 2-0 in conference. Coach Sykes, welcome.
2: Hey, appreciate it, Bill. Thanks for having me.
0: So, Coach, you're 6-0. You've been playing very well. Everybody I talk to around the country is saying that uh, the road to the g Pack is through Morningside. It's probably too early for you to hear that, but that's what I'm hearing. You've got a big 20-point win at Grand Rapids over number 12 Cornerstone. Uh, you beat Indiana Tech in a squeaker first game of the season as well as uh, went over and beat number 25, Dort. Could you just talk about your the beginning of the season, how you feel about it?
2: Well, you know, going into the year, we, we intentionally uh, amped up our, our non-conference schedule. We always have like to, to, you know, play tough teams in the non-conference to help prepare us for, for what lies ahead of us within the conference. And, you know, a year and a half ago when we set the schedule and said, uh, hey, it'll be fun to go to Grand Rapids and, and you know, play Indiana Tech and in Cornerstone, it was a really good idea. And then as a as time got closer, kind of second guessing ourselves going, is this something we really want to bite off? But Mm -hmm. fortunately we went out and, and, you know, we had, as you said, the first game jitters against Indiana tech didn't shoot the ball particularly well. Um, We, we got ourselves in some foul trouble. So our rotations were were really jacked up in the first half, but we had some young kids step up and get us to halftime. And we, we maintained a two point lead and it was back and forth in the second half. and, you know, kind of got that first one under our belt, I guess. And, you know, I, I didn't sleep real well Friday night, knowing that we, we had to play cornerstone the next day and, and uh, knowing how we played. But our guys came out and played with extreme intensity on defense really made it tough on him and and when we come out and we guard like that uh it certainly makes it uh, makes it seem like the offense comes a lot easier following weekend we, we go to benedictine in in kansas and play naia division one uh benedictine who was number nine in the preseason and and that was very similar to what it was like at cornerstone in the in the first half anyway we really we really got after him defensively made things tough on him Um, held them I think to 14 points or something like that in the first half and and you know got out of there clean and and played a Missouri Valley team the following day which is is a team that's completely different than than anything we're going to see in the conference but something we might see uh with their athleticism and length you know in the national tournament so that was a good win for us and then as you said the uh first conference game uh are playing against dort who's number 25 in the nation and they can really shoot the ball and and, and we got a, got away with the win there so we're, we're thrilled with where we're at right now we we did go to Doan last night and we, we picked up our sixth win so you know being two and all in the conference everything's everything's pointing in the right direction at this point
0: point. and you really got to be pleased with both Tyler Borchers and and uh, Zach Imig uh, Borcher's 17.7 rebounds. He's shooting 62% from the field. And Zach, 15 points a game, almost six rebounds, and then over 57% from the field. You've really got good production out of those two.
2: Yeah, those guys are playing playing really well. Um, you know, t- kind of everything that, that we do goes through our post. It's not necessarily all we do is, is what our post does, um, as you indicated with Zach's production. But um, when, when we can get good post touches, and and both our posts are very good passers. It, it makes things easier on the perimeter, and we've had good balance. Those guys have, have generally led us in scoring, but we've we've had other guys in double figures, and and uh, that that just yeah that puts a lot of pressure on the defense.
0: So you've got a couple games coming up before the holiday. You're facing five and two Hastings on Saturday, and then Tuesday at five and one Concordia. Uh, what are you, what are going to be your keys here in the next couple games?
2: Well, fortunately, we're playing at home, and, and, and hopefully that gets us going. Um, it, it really has been our, our trigger has been our, our defense, just getting out and guarding people. You know, with with Dort the other day, um, they're long, and they've got a lot of guys that can shoot it. Um, we weren't where we needed to be defensively. Um, they were, were awfully good offensively, and, and both uh, Hastings and, and Concordia have that same ability to really stretch the floor. They've got five guys on the floor that can all shoot it. Um, and scoring, in, you know, at each level. So we've got to be amped up on defense and, and really locked in. You know, if we're switching, we've got to talk through that. If we're not switching, we've got to communicate that as well. And, and just no personnel on the floor.
0: Well, Coach, the only chink I can find in your armor so far, you're from the line you're only shooting 66%. I'm sure that's front and center in every practice.
2: Well, it is. We spend a lot of time you know shooting free throws we don't spend a lot of time talking about it because i, I think the more you talk about yeah, it, it gets in the head. More it more gets in guys heads yep but uh you know that that's something that that hopefully each game we can improve upon and and by the end of the year make that look a little more respectable
0: well coach you're six and oh two and oh in conference you got a lot of games to play i appreciate you checking in and uh good good luck as the season moves on
2: all right billy i appreciate it thank you
0: the Morningside is six and zero now, as we said, and uh, they feature a twenty point win at number twelve, cornerstone a win at Indiana Tech, and a win at Dort. Uh, like I told Coach Sykes, what I've been hearing around the country is uh GPAC title is going to go through Morningside. Uh, what are you What are you hearing, uh, Steve?
1: Well, I, absolutely. I mean, they they look like the team to beat right now. I mean, they're they're deep, they're talented. I mean, you can't find much for a weakness with this team right now. They the thing that always that shocked me last year was how well their guards move without the ball, and how well their offense flows, even when they get the ball into the paint. Because sometimes you see, you know, the ball go into a, a big guy like Borchers, and everyone just kind of sits and watches, and they're like, "Let's let's watch the All-American do his thing." But, you know, they they get the ball into Borchers, and there's cutting all around him, and there's moving all around him, and they're they're trying to figure out, okay, the ball's come If the ball comes back out. Where is our best, you know, avenue to get a shot? And they move so well when the ball goes into Borchers, and that just makes him even more of a threat than he already is, averaging 17 points and shooting something like 60% from the field. So it just it just increases what he's able to do when he touches the ball in the post, and that makes him even more deadly in offense, and that's not even starting to touch on their defense yet.
0: Yeah, and if you triple down on Borchers, you got Zach Imeig standing out there waiting for the ball. He's shooting 57%. And you mentioned their defense, that uh, Steve—they're holding teams to 39% shooting.
1: Yeah, they're defensively—they're—they're they're as tough as anybody in the conference and in anybody in the country. I mean, because they—they they have guys that can guard at, at multiple positions. You don't have—you don't have guys that are, you know, locked into guarding this position or locked into guarding that position. They can—they can, they can kind of, you know, move their defense a little bit because they're so long on the perimeter, and that just uh, creates a lot of problems for other teams.
0: Well, they're gonna be a handful throughout the year. Next up, as we said with Coach Sykes, they have uh Hastings Saturday and then on Tuesday they're gonna to go to uh I don't remember if this is a home game or a road game, but they play Concord Hastings and then Concordia. You know, coach sounded a little bit concerned about Concordia the way they play.
1: Yeah, Concordia's playing well. I mean they're and we'll get to them I think here in a little bit, but there's uh there's some games that you know, you look at this G Pack right now and Where's the off night? I mean, where's the you know where's the game where you look okay? We can get that one right now. There's there's not many of them for many teams. It's going to be an absolute meat grinder as the season continues.
0: Yeah, absolutely right. Well, speaking of meat grinders, just behind Morningside, we have number six Dakota Wesleyan, and we were also able to catch up with Coach Wilbur yesterday. We have Coach Matt Wilbur out of num from number six Dakota Wesleyan. They're five and 3 and o in conference. Coach, you had a big win against Drake Jamestown last night, and you just came off another big, dramatic win at Dort. Uh, could you talk about those games?
2: Yeah,
3: absolutely, absolutely. I, uh, You know, we opened up with uh, Dort um, in, to start our conference, and, and any coach, you know, whatever conference you're in, when you're going to probably the toughest place to play in your conference on the road, and opening up, uh, opening up your conference season there, uh, you know what a challenge. And it's a tough, really fun environment. Place was packed, um, and it was just one of those games where we were able to hang around. I think, I think, uh, I think everybody in the gym probably thought we stole that game from Dort. Um, and uh, it was just one of those games. You know, with our juniors and seniors, you know, when, when you have younger kids, you might a run might turn bigger, and then you're out of it. Um, but we just kept it within four or five a lot and then made enough plays, and we had a chance to win it down the stretch. and uh, um, Ty Hoagland made a game winning running hook shot type shot uh, to his left at the buzzer to win it. and um, it was a, it was a photo finish and it was a fantastic play. Um, I thought Dort defended it well. They didn't foul him. Um, he had to shoot, he had to shoot it outside the lane. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think everybody in the gym knew that uh, Ty was gonna get it. And, uh, and he ended up with the ball and then he made the play.
0: Yeah. It was a pretty dramatic end of the game. And then of course you went to Midland and beat them before you headed over to Jamestown. And last night, that was a big win for your program. You talk about last night.
3: Yeah, it was, you know, we, uh, James really good again this year. Uh, James really good. They're really big. Uh, they're one of the probably the biggest team in our league. Um, and, uh, uh, it was just one of those slugfest type games, you know, it, I looked up on the board and felt like we'd been playing for a long time, and both teams were still in single digits. And that doesn't happen very often in the g Um And uh, it just was a defensive-minded type game. And I credit our defense a lot. I know uh, I think Jamestown would probably say that uh, they're going to play better on most nights than what they did offensively. But I thought our defense was really effective, um, and we, we, we were able to hold them to 25 points in the first half. Um, they scored that in the second half in about five minutes. Uh, they scored 25, and we were knotted up um, going down the wire. And uh, our defense held serve, and we made enough shots. And then Hoagland, Hoagland at the end in this one, he didn't he didn't hit any buzzer beaters, but we had a three- or four-point lead, and he hit about a 28-footer right in front of our bench, which kind of sealed the deal. So um, down the stretch in that one again last night, he, he carried us. And, and that's what you kind of want the senior – The senior stud to do right you want the senior guy to have the ball and make plays for you late in games and that's what ty's been doing for us and um it's really early in our season but we were excited to get two wins in places where a lot of people don't
0: you talked about jamestown size and i saw you were able to out rebound them last night did that surprise you
3: Well, you know, it was going to be that question. You know, the, the, the question would be is like, Hey, you know, their size and their rebounding versus our size and our rebounding, because we've been a pretty good rebounding team this year. And that hasn't always been the case, but our front line with uh, uh, Colin Kramer, Sam McLeod, Tristan Techmeyer and Mason Larson, you know, those guys are six, 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 seven, six, seven, six, eight. We matched up with, we matched up with Jamestown from a size standpoint. And so it was it was a battle inside and and I would I would say that was probably the difference in the game um because when they've got some second opportunities they've scored on them and we held them to uh six or seven offensive rebounds and that was probably uh the difference in the game and not letting them to get to 10 11 12 13-0 boards.
0: Yeah, went Jamestown has some guys if they get that ball in the middle they're hard to stop.
3: Oh my gosh, they they, they in the first half we did a really good job on them. Um and in the second half they got going in the middle. Brock Schramm was good there, and the, they've got a freshman Mason Walters. Oh yeah. Um, who I would say. It, I, does he have the freshman of the year locked up in the g-pack I, I, my gut would say yes just after what he started off doing i mean he's averaging a double double yeah they're really big inside they're really good the the one thing that was probably uncharacteristic of jamestown and i thought we did a good job on this they just went one for 16 from the three-point line and that's just not going to happen very often with that basketball team Well,
0: that's got people talking all over the country this morning i mean you know obviously you defended well they didn't shoot the way they normally do I'm sure they're just begging for a rematch. Uh, um, yeah, yeah
3: that, yeah, that, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. When they come down here, they, we, it'll be another one of those. It'll be another one of those. So I, I just, I just, I uh, really like where our team's at, and I think we got a long ways to go. Frankly, I think we've been, I think we've been good defensively, um, but offensively, you know, our leading shot taker last night was our point guard. He went 4 a 17, and we won by 10. You're, you know, like. You're just not going to have a lot of games where that's going. So I think we still have room to get better, frankly, and I'm excited to get going with that. But yeah, there's been there been some head scratching moments in these first five games, and we've been lucky to get wins out of them.
0: And then next Tuesday, you take you have a non uh, non counting exhibition game this weekend, and then next Tuesday you have seven and one Briarcliff coming to town. They're coming off a tough loss to uh, Mount Marty, so you're going to have your hands full that yeah. day as well.
3: Oh, absolutely, and that's. That's one of those. That's a rivalry uh, of like on like. A lot of times, it's been that way. Briarcliff, they they score. I mean, they're averaging 97 points a game. I mean, those mm-hmm. they they score in NBA type numbers, and they've got guys shooting the basketball at an amazing clip. And and Mount Marty beating those guys, um, I know is disappointing for Briarcliff, but that's not a fluke right now. I mean, Mount Marty. Um, has brought in some high uh, high impact players and a player of the year candidate, frankly, in their in their starting uh, point guard. So it, it's going to be an it's going to be interesting how this this GPAC year continues to shake out. It it's already been surprising with some things, but it's but it's set up to just be a knockdown dragout fight the rest of the way.
0: Well, we said this GPAC season was going to be very special, and so far it's setting up to be that way I I think the number the team that was picked number 11 in preseason now is coming out and knocking some heads together that just adds to some of the drama
3: no 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 doubt no doubt i i'll go on record and say i didn't pick that team 11th <laughs> knowing that with some of the guys that they came in and i know they got picked i know they got picked down there but i i kind of figured they were going to be set to have a pretty good year they the coach they hired is is a very good coach mm-hmm. and they're playing a style of basketball that's really tough to defend and they got the pl- personnel to do it and then none of those guys care about what the history of mount marty was what exactly. they were coming into they're just there to play
0: well, Coach, you're 5-0, 3-0 in conference. And like I said to some other coaches this morning, uh, you know, every day is a new day and there's a long ways to go. We wish you luck. I really yep. appreciate you taking the time to talk to us and uh, coming on yep. this show today.
3: Yeah, well, I'll just say this. I, You know, there's a, a couple of guys, including you out there, that it's really been fun to follow. With uh, covering NEIA basketball and and uh, listening to the podcast and seeing the stuff you're putting out there on Twitter, you know, like I've been here for seven years now. This is the most publicized our the NEIA has gotten in our division and that's thanks to guys like you so I appreciate what you're doing so I don't mind at all coming on and talking about it so it's been fun to follow um, on the social media uh, platform of all the stuff you're putting out there and some other guys are as well so thanks for doing it
0: I really appreciate that coach Wilbur and I'm looking forward to uh, Ty Hoagland's next game of I double dog dare you to stop me at the end of the game
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah no doubt you know I say with Ty you know everybody always asks me what do you tell Ty before plays like that and I go I don't talk to Ty at all I just go to the other four guys and make sure that he gets it that's the only thing that's I right. tell him so what do you do at yeah, the end of the game so. give it to
0: the guy with 26 and hope he <laughs> yeah, is with 28
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no doubt no doubt well I appreciate it thanks okay. for having me on
0: thanks a lot yeah. coach
3: bye okay take care
0: Steve Dakota Wesleyan's five and 0 they're already three and zero in conference obviously they just had that big win at Jamestown and uh, like we talked about with Coach, that dramatic win at Dort. You uh, covered the game against Dakota Wesleyan the other night. What do you, What did you see?
1: Well, I saw a team that is that is very, very talented. They're extremely good, and and obviously you start with Ty Hoagland, who is arguably one of the best NAI players I've ever covered, and you just go right down the list to Harden and Smiley and uh, McLeod and Kramer. I mean, they're all just they're just so deep. And uh, the, the thing that surprised me is how well they played when Ty came off the floor. Holden came off with a second foul in the first half with, I think, five and a half minutes to go. And anyone that saw the broadcast on Wednesday heard me say this, is that they were almost better without him because yeah. the ball was just moving so well and they were so crisp offensively without one of the best players in the country on the floor. And, I mean, that's no disrespect to Ty, who's a hell of a player, but... It just was interesting to see how they played without him. So if he does have to come out of a game, if he does get into foul trouble, they're going to be just fine because those guys playing together without him was, was something to watch.
0: That really had to, I would think that built that team's confidence. When when he got that fourth foul, I, I really thought Dakota Wesleyan was going to be in some trouble because Jamestown was playing much better, getting it in the middle, uh, really using their size. You know, they just couldn't get over the hump. I That really had to build Dakota Wesleyan's confidence
1: oh absolutely and they've had a couple losses in Jamestown the last two years Uh, this is their first win in Jamestown in a couple years so it was good for them I think to to kind of see that okay we can take a good team on the road even when you know Ty doesn't have his best stuff or I mean obviously he played well but if he is on the bench in foul trouble you know we can we can move without him and we can we can uh, win some games without him I mean because he's just he's so talented and so fun to watch but Man, uh, even without him, they're they're tough.
0: You know, when you talk Dakota Wesley, and it's almost always offensive. Uh, not offensive to Dakota Wesleyan, but it's offensive talk. But they are holding uh, opponents to 41% from the field and 29% from three. And, of course, Jamestown saw a little bit of that the other night.
1: Yeah, and uh, Luke Anderson, who called the game with me, he's a former Jamestown high school coach. And, you know, he, he mentioned that a few times, just how well Dakota Watson was guarding. I mean, they were just—they were getting up on on shooters, and nothing came easy for Jamestown. Even when they did, I mean, they were one for 16 from three. And you heard it from Coach Wilbur—that's not going to happen very often mm-hmm. um, for Jamestown. And but the but the way Dakota Wesleyan was causing them problems, you know, getting out on shooters and really not letting their shooters get much room to breathe on the perimeter. And that's what we're going to see from from most teams because Jamestown shot the ball so well, they're going to see guys running them off the three-point line. They're going to be dared to get to the middle they're going to be dared to you know try to drive by guys and we saw Dakota Wesleyan execute that game plan perfectly the other night
0: and then another thing that Dakota Wesleyan is doing well is they're rebounding well and that's not historically their power but right now they're out rebounding opponents on an average of 42 to 33
1: well Kramer McLeod are, are underrated rebounders I think I mean they they both seem to have a knack for okay where's that ball going how do I get there before the guy in front of me and um you know that's a that's a skill that you can't teach. I mean, that's a skill that just is ingrained within somebody. And those two guys have a have a pretty good uh, basketball IQ to go find that basketball.
0: And Ty Hoagland, you know, he's going to score the ball. He's averaging over twenty-four points a game. He's shooting fifty-two percent from three right now. That's just <laughs> unbelievable.
1: No, I don't. I don't even know what to say about the guy anymore. I mean, we—he's we, so good that there's just you're running out of superlatives to describe what he does.
0: You know, one other quick thing, uh, I, and I'm sure Dakota Wesley will clean it up. But right now, their turnovers are too high. They've got 38 assists, 36 turnovers. I'm sure they'll improve that. So Dakota Wesley and you know another tough team. They're playing well. All these teams are going to keep running into each other, so it's going to be interesting.
1: Yeah, they're gonna we're gonna all beat up on each other. I mean, the the Pack's gonna could be you could have a couple 20 and 10 teams make the GPAC from the nat or make the national tournament. From the g-pack because they all have to play each other every week
0: yeah yep yep yep. that's one of the issues with the with the tougher conferences so unfortunately we were unable to catch up with coach neville yesterday but uh jamestown is seven and two now they're one and one in conference you know they beat dickinson on the road they've been out rebounding uh, opponents 44 36 they, they again are holding opponents to 43 percent from the floor you're closer to that program than anybody
1: yeah you know it's uh they haven't played their best basketball yet i mean i don't think there's any way around that Uh, even at seven and two and one and one in the g pack they're still a ways away from from playing their best basketball and you know talking with coach neville last week he said something you know we didn't start playing our best basketball last year till january you know and and we're here in in middle of november you know sitting at seven and two and thinking you know we could be playing a lot better and and there's still some time i mean that we're still four months away from March. I mean, there's there's a lot of time between now and the GPAC tournament and even the national tournament to uh, to start playing a little bit better and and kind of finding that stride. I mean, there there's no way around it. You lose two guys like the Jimmys lost, and and there's going to be some growing pains. And and I said it on the air at uh, at halftime the other night. You know, who's going to be the guy now? Overweiser and Pierrington aren't coming out of the locker room. They're not going to be the guy to make the shot. Who's going to be the guy that that wants the ball? In a big moment when we desperately need a bucket. And I think we saw that from Jack Talley on Wednesday night, a little bit in the second half, getting to the rim. He wasn't, his shots weren't falling from the outside. He's already had two games where he's made seven threes. So we know he can shoot it from the outside. But it was just a matter of, okay, what do we have to do to score? And right now, me getting to the basket is our best way to score. And Jack Talley, I think, has started to embrace that role a little bit. And it'll be interesting to see if he can continue to grow that as we move forward.
0: Yeah, even, even not, he wasn't able to hit from the outside, but he scored 20 points. I, you talked about Jack Talley. He's really performed well. Uh, let's talk about two other guys. Terrell Alfred, he's been coming off the bench, and uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but I, I've been hyping him as the best six man in the country. He, he's just money coming off the bench, isn't he?
1: Yeah, that's just been a, a role that he's thrived at. I mean, we saw it last year. You know, he just, he wasn't able to crack the starting lineup as a as a transfer junior, and Came off the bench and, and found that niche and he jumped into the starting lineup this year and just wasn't quite as comfortable as he was coming off the bench. So they moved him back to uh, to that six man role and it's it's really taken off. I mean he's you know he's averaging 15 points, but you know if you if you take out the games he started, you know he's averaging closer to 20 21 points a game, you know coming off the bench. So it's uh it's it's a just a different role that he just seems to like a little bit better and it's it's worked out well for him
0: you know, we we can't talk Jamestown without bringing up Mason Walters. Everybody needs to know this is a true freshman. He's shooting 56% from the field, averaging 10 rebounds, 14 points, and now he's adding a distance threat, 43% from three now.
1: Well, that's the one thing people didn't know much about Mason Walters coming into college, is that he could shoot it from the outside because he didn't have to do that in high school. He, he shot 63% from the field as a high school senior without, you know, much of a three-point shot. And if you take the three point shots that he did shoot out of it. I think he shot like 67% from the field. So he just, I mean, he was so efficient inside that he didn't have to, you know, worry about stepping out very much. And, but he's got that ability to knock down the outside shot. And so far we've seen it, Then it's his rebounding at this level. I think what has, you know, has really caught my eye. And obviously I covered him on a nightly basis, as a high schooler, you know, so I've got to see what he's been able to do, but I just didn't expect his rebounding to transfer quite like it has to the next level. But, looking back and, and watching him play it through these first nine games, it's kind of like, well, you know, what was I thinking? Of course it's going to transfer because he's just got that unbelievable knack for finding the basketball. And he had a couple the other night where he just, he tipped the ball away from somebody else and, and put it in his own arms. And that's just, mm-hmm. that's just stuff you can't teach.
0: I think he had 18 one night, if I remember right.
1: He did. And another night with 15.
0: Yeah. Which is boy, just unbelievable. You know, there are several true freshmen across the country that are playing very well. I think, I mean, obviously, Mason Walters is one of them. We're trying to put together a show featuring some of these great young players. There's about four or five of them, but uh, he's definitely right up there. So next, time, next Jamestown is traveling to 5-2 uh, and two Northwestern. And then on Monday, they head to Yankton to take on uh, the G Pack surprise team. We'll talk about in a minute, 8-2 and two Mount Marty. That's going to be a tough one as well.
1: Yeah, and I was thinking about this, and I know we keep saying it, but it's a tough stretch for Jameson. I mean, they've got at Northwestern, a place that's that's tough to play. Then they go to Yankton and, and play a Mount Marty team that's off to a roaring start. Then next Wednesday, the Wednesday after Thanksgiving, they're at home against Dort. Then they've got Morningside coming the following week. I mean, there's just there's no – I mean, it's just every night you look at the schedule. Oh, there's another pot- team that probably has the caliber of being in the top 25 that may not be in the top 25, but you still got to play them. And and that's just, it's insane right now, the schedule.
0: Uh, It's just going to get tougher. So let's move on to Dort. They're ranked number 25 in the country. They're five and three, one and two in conference. They fell to uh, Mayville. Uh, They had two huge opportunities to make a statement. They played Dakota Wesleyan at home and then traveled over to Morningside And they lost an absolute heartbreaker to Dakota Wesleyan that we've already – has been talked about quite a bit. But, uh, you know, then they fell to Morningside. Kind of a tough break for them to have to play them back-to-back.
1: Yeah, that's a a tough break. The Mayville Mayville loss kind of shocks me a little bit for Dort. And I'm just trying to pull up their stats right now. I've been told that Van Lingen and Bustard aren't playing a whole lot uh, for Dort right now. They were two of the best big guys in the country – or in the conference, in my opinion – last year but uh, they're coming off the bench right now Bussard let's see is averaging 9 points a game and only 17 minutes and van Lingen's at 15 minutes so that kind of shocks me that they're those two guys are you know had seen their numbers dwindle cuz last year they were i thought among the the best tandems of big man in the league behind Schramm and birch and then borchers and brown at morningside so i'm a little i'm a little shocked at at that but i mean obviously they're they're still extremely talented and, I mean, we know how good Garrett Franken is and he's just gonna to continue to get better.
0: Yeah, and they've been getting some good play out of Jesse Jansma as well. He averages yeah. fourteen points when I when I go through their games every every week, Jesse Jansma quite often is the is the top scorer as well.
1: Yeah, Jansma's a high IQ basketball guy. I mean, there's he's a he's a hard worker and uh is you can tell his basketball IQ pops when you watch him play.
0: Well, unfortunately for Dort, with those two losses though most likely fall from the top 25 my understanding is that that's one of the tougher places to play in the conference
1: it is no doubt about it that is they have the best student section in the g pack i mean there's really no ifs ands or buts about that and you know listen to coach wilbur talk about it i mean that's that's just what i've experienced in my four or five trips down to dort over the last eight years is is how good their student section is one time we played them on halloween and everybody was in you know costumes and all this stuff i mean so they they bring it every night uh, from that student section
0: so they don't play again till after thanksgiving and they're going to host briar you know that's going to be a great game and it, you know we just keep saying it over and over uh i don't, you know
1: it's it's ridiculous bill i don't even know how we i mean i don't know how we can even talk about the schedule anymore because anytime we talk about it, it's gonna be like oh it's another great game oh that's another great game I mean, we're just beating a dead horse at this point. <laughs> I
0: need to correct myself. They play. They play Briarcliff before Thanksgiving, and then uh, after Thanksgiving, they they play a, a non-conference game against Dickinson. Okay. Briarcliff. Let's talk about them. They're seven and one. Uh, they had a win over number twenty-two Bellevue. They beat Concordia on the road, and that's Concordia's only loss so far. Of course, they just lost to uh, Mount Marty. They were undefeated before that they've been shooting the ball pretty well, but you know, the cliff, they're always tough, right, Steve?
1: They are. And I mean, Jackson lamb and Ethan Friedel. Those are two guys that are are a heck of a tandem and um, can really fill it up in big spots. I mean, we went down there uh, right after Christmas last year, uh, Jamestown went down there and uh, Jackson lamb shot the lights out. I mean, he was knocking down some 25, 26 footers uh, that really just broke our back in the second half. So, they're they're talented and it's just it's Coach savaguer has got another team that's going to be just talented enough to you know to make a difference in this league.
0: Yeah, you talked about Jackson Lamb, 24 points, averages six rebounds, 53% from the field, 45% from three, and he's shooting 95% from the line. He's missed three free throws. I think he's. 35 for 38 or 34 for 37 that's incredible he's just playing great and then uh friedel is 40 percent from three they're going to win a lot of games now they go to dort on this saturday tuesday the corn palace to uh, dakota Western. wesleyan oh wow they've got a the Briarcliff has got a tough stretch there they played mount marty then dort then uh, go to the corn palace and play dakota wesleyan yeah it's just I
1: mean, it's the same thing it's just a Continue one after another and just line them up. This has got to be one of the deepest seasons this conference has ever had.
0: Yeah, because now we get to Concordia. We're quite a ways down the conference. And we're still in 5-1 teams. They're 1-1 one one in conference. So far, Briarcliff was their, their stiffest test. They fought, fell at home. Concordia didn't have the, the, the toughest of preseasons. I'm not downing them. I mean, sometimes a preseason is just what it is. Uh, They've been yeah. outscoring opponents. We have to mention, when they lost to Briarcliff, it was a one-point game, so...
1: Yeah, it was a buzzer beater. Yeah, uh, actually made the NAI top plays this week uh, with Concordia's radio guy Tyler Cavalli calling the action, and you could tell a little disappointment in his voice when that one, <laughs> well, uh, when that one went through. And yeah, so a tough loss for them at home. They got they got a trio of guys that are pretty dang talented. Now Concordia is one of the two teams in the league that I have not seen play since we joined the conference. So just the way the schedules worked out, I haven't seen Concordia or Doan. So I've not seen. Uh, the Bulldogs in person I mean I've seen them on TV or on the the video stream a few times but have not had a chance to uh, to see them in person but everything I'm hearing that uh, the, that program just continues to build
0: yeah you mentioned that trio Brendan Sloop 19 points again another 40 percent shooter from three Tanner Shuck Carter Kent uh, they're each averaging 13 points they play Nebraska Christian on Saturday. On Tuesday, they're going to be tested. They go to Morningside, number four. Yeah, that'll be a big
1: test for them. We'll, we'll find out a lot more about the Bulldogs on on Tuesday.
0: Next is Mount Marty. We were able to catch up with uh, Coach Todd Lawrence. And let's listen to him. We have Coach Lawrence here from Mount Marty. Big win last night for uh, Mount Marty, traveling to Briarcliff, uh, winning one ten to ninety six over there. Welcome, Coach Lawrence.son To talk about last night's game.
4: Hey, I appreciate you having me back on. You know, we, we knew going into the game, Briarcliff got a got a really good program, a great team. Off to a seven zero start. Um, hadn't been at home for a while, so we anticipated a nice crowd being there, which there absolutely was. So uh, we all know in conference basketball, you've got to be able to go on the road and find a way to win, get some games in our league. You know there's so much depth from top to bottom uh you're gonna have to beat some really quality teams on the road and that's what we thought last night was, was two really good basketball teams um kind of going toe to toe unfortunately we made the last run there in the second half found a way to come up on top
0: so coach it's been a while since uh mount marty has been able to beat briar cliff
4: yeah you know we're, we're trying to take some of those monkeys out of our backs a little bit you know saturday it was a 21 game losing streak to hastings that we snapped uh, at home and then you go on the road and now I've heard 24 games. I also saw 26 games somewhere, so I'm not exactly sure what it is. But either way, um, over a decade's worth of consecutive losses at a Briar club, so to be able to get it down on their home court, uh, I think speaks volumes to how well our guys are playing right now.
0: And then you really won the boards. You had to be happy about your rebounding last night, 40-27. to 27.
4: Yeah, you know, we, we play undersized quite often, so that's always something that we have a little bit of concern about. Uh, you know, and, and Bariqa really likes to shoot the three ball as well, so that led to some longer rebounds, which allowed our athletic guards to kind of ball hunt uh, on the rebounding. as it, a little bit more than just the, the boxing out that you would traditionally think of when it comes to defensive rebounding. But to to win that battle was certainly a, a good situation for us and that, um, we didn't take as many threes as maybe we normally do, but we were really efficient uh, at 50% clip on the threes we did take.
0: So it doesn't get any easier. I think Monday you, ha- you uh, host Jamestown. Of course, you know what happened to them last night. They lost to Dakota Wesleyan. They're going to come in and they're going to be hungry, Coach.
4: No doubt about it. You know, Coach Neville does a tremendous job up there. He gets these guys to play exceptionally hard. You know, I always uh, have a ton of respect for the way they play the game up there and Uh, You know, you just look at the box score. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but they went one for 16 for three. They've got guys who can really shoot the basketball. Um, So for as poorly as they shot it, they didn't have a ton of free throw attempts to be only a a 10 point cushion there against a a really good team. Dakota West, I think speaks volumes to how good Jamestown is now. um, Hopefully they can struggle from the arc like they did last night against us, but we certainly don't anticipate that. Um, you know, maybe scheduling-wise, we get a little bit of an edge on them since they have to play Saturday at Northwestern and then have a one-day prep for us on the Sunday afternoon. Um, so, you know, we'll take any edge and advantage we can hopefully try to come up with, uh, but we know we're going to have our hands full against a well-coached team um, who's going to play extremely hard.
0: Well, Coach, you're 8-2 and two now, but every day is a new test. Uh, we look forward to watching you in the G-Pack. Look for a good game on Monday. Uh, two good teams going at it. I really look forward to that. Thanks very much for taking time with us, Coach.
4: Well, I appreciate you having me on and, and following G Pack basketball. Thank you, Bill.
0: Mount Marty is uh, eight and two, two and one in conference. They're they've been the surprise team. I'm going to say one more time, they were picked eleventh in the in the G Pack, and they just kind of been knocking some heads together. It's been a big surprise, haven't they, Steve?
1: Absolutely, but you know, a, a surprise, and I guess the term of just the the history of Mount Marty basketball but kind of leading into the year it sort of seemed like everyone was kind of under the impression that they were going to be better with todd lawrenson taking over and and bringing in some of the transfers that he brought in uh, that they were going to be to be better and certainly they've uh they've proven that uh, they're they're better than they were and, and and history has had them so they're they've turned the corner this year and uh, it'll be interesting to see how they uh, match up with the jimmies on monday
0: that'll be that'll be another big game uh chris king is averaging 20 points, Colby Johnson, 18 points over five rebounds. And again, another guy shooting 46% for, from three. A lot of three-point shooters in that conference, aren't there?
1: There are. I mean, that's kind of the way NAI basketball is going right now. I mean, you need to be able to shoot the three and shoot it at a high level if you want to you know, be competitive, and our conference is kind of a microcosm of that.
0: Mount Marty as a team is shooting a lot of threes. They've played 10 games. They've hit 138 threes. And even a guy from Oregon can do that math, but that's that's a lot of threes. It looks like most teams in the G Pack average about nine threes a game, and they're up around fourteen.
1: That's crazy. Yeah, that's in, that's that's a huge number.
0: So Mount Marty they host Jamestown on Monday, and then they have a, a non-conference game St. Ambrose after the holiday. So that brings us to Hastings, five and two, one and one in conference. Another team that really hasn't been tested. What do you know about Hastings?
1: Well, I mean we know that uh, that Bart hiscock is a, is an unbelievable player and I know they lost a few guys from last year, but as a team that entered the conference tournament as the seven seed was you know, not a seven seed caliber team. I mean they were a you know a team that was probably on the if you really think about it and you really were getting the 32 best teams in the in the in the, in the co- or in the country to the national tournament, they were probably a, a fringe bubble team. You know, going to the to the national tournament last year, so um, it's a it, it's a team that uh, has historically been pretty good, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, how far Bart Hiscock can carry him this year.
0: He's been playing unbelievable. This is another guy shooting 47% from three. It, it just the three point shooters just never stop. Uh, yeah. He's one after ap- another. Averaging 25 points a game, and then he's hitting the boards eight rebounds a game. Hastings is definitely going to be tested Saturday. Uh, they go to Morningside, and then next Tuesday they play Midland.
1: Yeah, we'll find out a little bit more about Hastings uh, Saturday against Morningside. Yep,
0: absolutely. And Northwestern, a team that has a very proud tradition. They're 5-2, and 1-1 one and one in conference. They have defeated Mount Marty at home, and they beat them pretty decisively at home late in the game.
1: Bill, how in the world are we to the ninth team in the GPAC right now and still talking about a team that's 5-2? and two. I know. Northwestern is going to be, I mean, uh, night in and night out, they're going to be a, a tough opponent for whoever they play. I mean, regardless of what the record says or, you know, who they beat or who they didn't beat, night in and night out, this is going to be a team that's going to cause a lot of problems for teams in this league.
0: So let's talk about Brant Hill Brands. 19 points a game, but we're talking about all these great three-point shooters in the conference. He's shooting 54% from three. Brent Hillbrands is actually shooting a higher percentage from three than he is from the field.
1: Yeah, that's (laughs) funny. It was like Nick Harden the other night in the Jimmy uh, Dakota Wesleyan game. He was four for seven from three and 0 for 10 from inside the two-point line (laughs) or inside the three-point line. So um, it's just, it's, it's weird how that works sometimes. You just, you know, sometimes you maybe make better selections with your threes than you do. Uh, you know with going to the bucket and and putting up runners or trying to fight through contact or something like that but yeah i mean he's a he's a heck of a shooter and um hopefully the jimmies can hold him in check tomorrow
0: and then uh craig stirk he's averaging 15 points but he's also hitting the boards getting eight rebounds a game and as you said they uh they come to jamestown on saturday and then they play a non-conference game against peru state after the holiday
1: yeah that game's actually uh in orange city on saturday
0: so that's a road game for jamestown yep in the GPAC, there are a couple of teams that have struggled out of the gate. Midland, they're two and four, zero and two in conference. Uh, they really haven't been able to get anything going against quality opponents.
1: Yeah, and honestly, Bill, I don't know a lot about either of these two teams. Midland, I don't graduated a couple of seniors last year, um, so not really sure. You know, where they're at. I haven't had a chance to see them yet, and and obviously Doan's had some had some struggles early. So, and I haven't, and I've never seen Doan play since we joined the GPAC. So, you know, not to kind of breeze over these two, but I just don't have a whole lot. Um, on either one of these right now.
0: Well, Midland. they One bright spot for them is they have a junior, Ryan Williams. He's six eight. He's doing nineteen points nine rebounds. But boy, they just can't find the ocean from three so far in six games. They're shooting fourteen percent from three. Yikes. Forty one percent from the field, and they're really turning the ball over. Eighty four turnovers to just sixty seven assists. Uh, they're really they've they traveled to Hastings on Tuesday. That's going to be tough. And then uh, they go to a tournament, or they host a tournament, and they're going to face a non-conference opponent, a team I'm familiar with, number eighteen Southern Oregon, right after Thanksgiving. Yeah,
1: team from your neck of the woods. Yeah,
0: yeah. And so- I saw Southern Oregon play a couple of times, and boy, they're they're pretty good this year. So yeah. Midland's really going to get tested over the next uh, oh seven, eight, ten days, and then Doan, You mentioned them. They're two and eight, zero oh, and three in conference. Uh, they they've been significantly outscored again. Another team that's turning the ball over a ton. They have double, almost double turnovers to assist. Boy, they're just if they if if something does not significantly change with Doan, boy, they're really going to struggle in the in the G pack.
1: Yeah, it, and that's too bad. I mean, it, and with with how deep this conference is, I mean, the fact that we're talking about it being probably nine legitimate teams deep. It, it's you know, unfortunately, there are going to be a couple teams that just. You know, night in, and night out are, you know, kind of the, the bottom and that's that's just how it's gonna probably work out this year for those two, unfortunately.
0: So Doan, they play Presentation on Monday and then Dakota State on Tuesday. Now those are both games they can be competitive in, so maybe that'll help them uh, you know, get something going.
1: I would say both those games are, are extremely winnable for for Doan and um would really be good for the G Pack should they, you know, win those two games just kinda to to continue to you know separate itself on the non-conference side
0: so over the next week a lot of big games in the g-pack games that are going to affect the ratings the rankings when they come out tune your tv and you know watch these games because they're very good the quality of the video coming out of most of these schools is very good as well i know the the only ones i don't enjoy from jamestown is the one where they have Linsmeyer do the (laughs) (laughs) play-by-play
1: All right, Bill. That's fine. I understand.
0: <laughs> no, but seriously, it's uh, most of the, most of the schools have very good video. Boy, just watch these teams, watch these games. The G Pack is one of those conferences you want to follow. Steve, I appreciate you taking the time. It's been fun. We'll do this again soon as the as yeah, the conference gets going. Any you want, Bill. Right after the holiday, I think we'll know we'll know quite a bit more.
1: Absolutely, we will. And uh, but actually, we could make the case that we won't know anymore about some of these teams because they're all just going to beat up on each other for the next. <laughs> three to four months
0: well a picture will be be formed over the next couple of months i can guarantee absolutely. you
1: that absolutely absolutely
0: well steve thanks a lot thanks for joining us and uh i really enjoyed this uh g-pack review thank you
1: yeah thank you sir